Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. You're about to listen to a Women in Tech Remix episode, where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. This is Barb, creator and host of Creators Campfire, a video podcast based in the UK, where I interview content creators and talk about their journeys and experiences. Yeah, I think I think you do need that. You like so you don't get caught up in this whole destiny. It's all about the journey, right? And not the destination. Um Ali's Ali's thing is very much, you know, one video a week for two years, put in the hard work, turn up week in, week out, and you like your life will change. That doesn't necessarily mean to say, hey, I'm gonna guarantee you a million subscribers or anything, but your life will change and you need to put in that time and effort um so you get somewhere. But but also, yeah, you need to find yourself and what works for you. And you need to, you do need to set some kind of like, I'm going to do it for X. Otherwise, you 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 potentially quit in the dip, right? The the Seth Godin dip, and that's not the best place to to quit. Um, so yeah, give give it time. And there's um there's a YouTuber, Unjaded Jade, who uh, basically she learned YouTube and made a bunch of videos, but she kept them all unlisted. So she didn't actually publish anything. And every week she would still make this commitment to make a video and she got better and better and better. And then by the time she was ready and she'd learned all her stuff, then she decided like, now I'm gonna kick off my channel. And I'm not advising this for most people, but um, this, this is very good. And yeah, so from day one, she knew exactly what she was doing and she was putting out great content and she just saw this huge growth because she'd learned the craft, she'd spent the time and yes, okay, she spent it in private. That's absolutely fine. Uh, but she still put in the en- the effort and the work to be consistent. Creators Campfire, what can people expect when they subscribe? And where should they go to subscribe? We'll tell them again. Yes, uh, if you head over to YouTube and you search Creators Campfire, I should hopefully uh, be the one of the first, if not the first uh, channels to come up. And that's where you could subscribe. You can also subscribe on the usual Apple Podcasts or I don't know what Spotify is doing these days or, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, it, it is out in audio only format as well. And you can basically expect a weekly, although I had a two week hiatus, um, you can expect a weekly conversation with another content creator, uh, you know, from the likes of, I don't know um, if anyone will know these people, but th- these are these are my favorite YouTubers, the likes of, of Thomas Frank and Ali Abdal and and kind of like August Bradley and um, some really, really cool names in YouTube. And also I started a new series. So this is the every, every other week, uh, what I'm calling Fireside Chats. And this is where I will um, talk to my creator friends who are kind of in a similar journey kind of 
position in their journey as me. They're, they're probably still a little bit better than me and a little bit more ahead of me, but they're not quite the um, kind of the higher ups of the, you know, the Ali Abdals or, or whatever. And therefore, I guess it's for people like me who are like, I want to be creators. I've started and it's cool to have the inspiration of these really cool YouTubers, but it's also nice to hear stories from other people that are at my same kind of point in the journey to learn from them and see what they're going through. So that's a cool chill chat. Similar things though. We talk about people's journeys. We talk about their struggles. We talk about what they're doing, where they're heading, uh, what creator life is like, those that are, you know, working part-time and those that are working full-time and how they're navigating that and, and balancing the world of content creation with, you know, family life or whatever, or, or any other life. Hey, this is Helena Belloff, a data scientist at Levels Health, which has a mission to solve the metabolic health crisis by showing members how food affects their health through continuous glucose monitoring. I'm based in New York. So I feel like data science started to sort of emerge, at least for me, at least, you know, where I was noticing, okay, this is like an entirely different type of field probably the year after I graduated. Um, so that was 2014. So probably 20 or 2014, huh? I'm not that old, uh, 2018. Uh, so probably around 2019, honestly, more recently than you would think. Um, math and stats and comp sci ha have been around, but they've sort of been treated as these separate entities, even though a lot of the stats students I knew undergrad also knew how to code. And uh, yeah, I feel like it didn't really become a more formal thing until a few years ago. It's interesting, even becoming a podcaster, when I first started podcasting in 2013, I mean, no one really cared about podcasting other than people who were in the underground world of podcasting that were super hardcore technologists that knew how to move like audio files from, you know, <laughs> hardware to hardware. It wasn't, it wasn't what it is now. It was It was ludicrous to start a podcast at the time. And so I remember that kind of transformation in 2014 and why. And I think the the things that that spark that transformation are so interesting. You know, what happens in the world to start to create a shift that ends up taking mass adoption and going mainstream. It's just really fascinating how it all starts. Yeah. And I think data science is becoming even more relevant now because of the amount of data we have. Like, there's just too much data. You cannot get away with you know, old school stats that, you know, these equations have been around for hundreds of years. And uh, yeah, we need computers and we need people who understand math and data. And so I think that's really why, one of the reasons why this, this sort of field has been propelled. If someone were to, wanted to follow in your footsteps and get into data science now, what would you recommend? Like what blogs should they follow? What groups should they be paying attention to? Uh, what's what's the accessible thing that they could do to start on the right path? Uh, so I, I started out actually just doing some Kaggle challenges. So there's a website called Kaggle where, you know, companies or Can you people, spell it for us? K-A-G-G-L-E, Kaggle. Uh, and you create an account. It's free. And there are companies or people who will post data sets and, you know, propose 
questions to solve. And actually, for some of them, you can even win money, uh, which is really cool. But uh, you know, you can download these data sets, play around with the data, see what's interesting to you. There, there's a million different types too. There's like every industry on there, and uh, you know, you can submit them and publish them and get sort of a grade back, or you could not. I I rarely submitted any, and um, yeah, I would say that's like a really good first step just to see if solving any these types of problems would be interesting to you. And then I think the next step would be, you know, pick a pick a coding language to learn. You know, I, I the first language I learned was R. I taught it to myself. Um, but there are a lot of online guides these days. DataCamp is probably one of my favorites. You can do a lot of the lessons for free. You, the, you know, you can learn how to code in R or in Python. And, and just sort of get a feel for it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's just English with different grammar, every coding language, so. Hi, this is Amanda Tice. I am the author of The New Mom Code, which is a transformational guidebook that helps mothers shatter unrealistic expectations and crush it at motherhood. I am currently based in Austin, Texas. It's simple, but just start writing. You know, I think people are so, like I said, they're so bogged down in how is this supposed to look? How should this look? doesn't matter how it should look. Maybe you'll write in a fashion that is so groundbreaking and new that you'll change the industry, right? So I just feel like if you can take the time to sit down and write about something that inspires you, then you're already on your way to being able to write a book. It's just a question of making the time and not being scared to be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, scared what, to be successful. Yeah, you are. You're, exactly. you're either, yeah, yeah. Well, it was interesting the other day because I actually had a lunch meeting with my publisher and he, was, he wasn't asking for career advice, but he was asking career advice kind of for his daughter, who I think is about 21 or 22. And, you know, what I would recommend or, you know, because she was interested in television and whatnot. But I was saying, I feel like a lot of people are so focused on success instead of being focused on what they enjoy. So they look for routes of how they can either make a lot of money or become famous or whatever those things are. And they lose sight of the fact that what's actually important is that you choose something you love. And even if you choose something you love that seems ridiculous, if you actually love it and are passionate about it, that's when you find success. It's not the other way around. And I I think people get really, you know, I don't even know what the right word is, but they stop themselves from being successful by focusing on the success instead of what it is that they actually want to do with their lives and spend their lives doing. Recently, I've been getting these opportunities to be a part of things that have the potential to be like big tech. And the first thing I think to myself is what I enjoy my life day to day. And when I ask questions like that in these meetings, the responses are like, but there will be big investment money and then there will be this. And I'm like, okay, but like, am I going to enjoy my life day to day? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. um, 
Like, because if I apply the next, you know, two to four years of my life, is that the life I want to live? Like, or how, like, what, what's my probability on money I could make if I don't have all of that stress? (laughs) Right, right, right. For sure. So it's really interesting how kind of like jaded we are as a society by forgetting that the point is to enjoy life. Like, right, right. No, I agree. I mean, for me, it wasn't when I started writing this book, I never had the expectation of necessarily getting it published. It was more for me that I love writing and I've journaled since I was in fourth grade and I love the way I feel when I'm writing. And so it just, it it kind of just happened in that way because it was something that I loved to do anyway. And then once I kind of had my manuscript done, I was so elated because I was like, wow, this could actually have an impact on so many mothers. Like I've put together something that if it just impacts one mother and makes her journey into motherhood just a little bit, you know, more tolerable and happy and makes her life better in some way, it would have all been worth the time expenditure. You know, but that's, that's why I'm not focused necessarily on selling as many books as possible and, you know, making all this money, becoming an author. Like my focus is more on how many, you know, new mothers can I impact with this book? Because I really feel like it is impactful enough that, you know, it can make a big change to someone's life and change their perspective and make their experience that much better. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.